I'm not going to say it this time, but hello, Mark. How are you? Well, howdy, howdy, Johnny. How are we doing today? <laughs> doing fantastic, <laughs> but my fucking head is itchy. Your head, your head's itchy. What's going on, buddy? Get some bad shampoo or something? I, I don't know if it's bad shampoo. Like where I'm at, it, it's like very humid, and my scalp is not used to that after having lived in Colorado and like deserts forever. So I just have like the world's worst dandruff. Or um, there's a very real chance that my wife, who works in an elementary school, brought home some uh, some little little critters, and I really hope it's not the latter. Yeah, those little German critters out of the Black Forest can be real uh, terrifying. God, they're just just the absolute worst. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. She, it, there's a very real chance that uh, I, I, I happen to catch head lice. Um, I haven't had them since I was a kid. It was very embarrassing. I wasn't embarrassed at the time because I was like eight, and eight-year-olds don't get embarrassed by really anything. Uh, not unless you like shit your pants somewhere, but yeah, my parents were very embarrassed by it. Even even though like I had no control over it, I got it from my cousin. She got it from like her, I don't know, like crappy babysitter or something. You know, she was a dirty kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> sounds fucked up, but I really hope she's not not listening to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she can't change know. in twenty years. Like my. My, uh, not, well, not that. I mean, you st- still, you feel that shit sticks with you. Um, but I don't know. At the same token, I really like the last time I had this, my mom just did the whole, I'm going to shave your head. We, we tried okay. the shampoo. We tried the special comb. None of it worked. Like they all just kept coming back. And I just, it was like two or three weeks of this until she finally was like, fuck it. We're shaving your head. I can just take some buzz cut, buzz clippers and just, just zip you all the way down. You know, we're good. Um, if, if we did that now, I might have some explaining to do, Mark. Yeah? How's yeah, that? I, I've got a, I've got a tattoo that I haven't Uh-oh. ever told anybody about. It's on the back of my head. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, at the time I thought it was funny. At the time I thought it was fiscally responsible. Um, looking back on it, it may not have been the best choice in the world, but you know what? I stand by it. I, I just like to keep it hidden. It can just okay. stay hidden for a while. Okay, what is it? What does it say? What is it? It says, "Welcome to the Dang Old Podcast." This is Johnny and my good buddy Mark. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, you brought it around. <laughs> I wasn't sure I, where I you were going. It around. <laughs> you brought it around. <laughs> Welcome to the Dang Old Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy Johnny. We take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we try and scratch out and see if it is still a good show, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows, and we slap it with our patented rating system. And, Johnny, let's uh, let's get into it, buddy. This is a gross goddamn episode. I, ugh. <laughs> so our first episode this week is going to be episode 145, Be True to Your Fool. Original air date, April 27th, 2003. This was written by Dan McGrath. Um, we just started working on the King of the Hill writing team this season. Uh, he wrote sporadically all the way up into season 13. Um, and oddly enough, he had no IMDb credits since this until an episode of uh, some animated show called Sammy in 2021. Huh. 
which I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting to see. So, like, he hasn't done anything since, I want to say, 2013. Has taken, like, a nine, eight, nine-year hiatus. Hasn't written for anything. Oh, wow. Um, and then just randomly shows up for one episode of this animated show that's based around David Spade's life. What? So, take that as you will. I've never even heard of this. And yet him and our writer for our next episode that we're talking about today both wrote episodes for this. So I'm like, good Lord. Did David Spade just call in like every chip that he had to get this thing made? Who knows? Maybe you and I are just going to have to watch an episode or two of of 2021's Sammy and see if it's any good. But Dan McGrath, ladies and gentlemen. I like David Spade enough to watch a bio episode about him. I'd I'd do that. I mean, he, he's he's in the half of Adam Sandler's like compatriots that I don't care for. He's there with Rob Schneider. Like, no, how are you, you gonna hate on Joe away. Dirt? How are you gonna hate on Joe Dirt? I, I'm not hating on Joe Dirt. I'm hating on David Spade. Joe Dirt was the first time, the first time in American history when we all collectively came together and said, "Fuck Kid Rock." <laughs> it's it's true. We should have done it a lot easier or a lot earlier. <laughs> Um, interesting just so we just that's weird you know yeah, I guess I not everybody was, yeah. can just go on to keep writing for shows you know like it's they can't it's true they I mean, can't all go on to make guys, the office no exactly well and a lot of these guys I mean they've continued writing their animation is pretty steady I'm really surprised that most of them did not get picked up like by, by something like say Bob's Burgers because a handful of them did, but Bob's Burgers got picked up pretty much right when King of the Hill was ending, and you would assume that would be a, a pretty familiar transition. Hey, we already know how the Fox like method works. We know how a lot of these executives think. We've got a lot of experience doing this. I mean, shit, most of these writers are now going to be with the, the team from season 7 through 13. That's six full seasons, six mm-hmm. years worth of work with these people. Um, I was just kind of surprised. Animation domination isn't, I mean... It's it's a constant. It's oddly enough been a constant since like the late nineteen nineties. Yeah. When we had Futurama Family and Family Guy and Simpsons and the PJs and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's just kind of like rotated through and they've tried a lot of different things. Um Bob's yeah. Burgers is just one that happened to stick. Family Guy came back and finally stuck. Like they had American Dad for, what, 10 seasons before they finally sold the rights to it to TBS? Yeah. And yeah. all that shit. I don't know. It's, well, it's weird. You, you yeah, make a sorry, very valid point. No, as I say, you make a very valid point that, yeah, not everybody can just keep going. But shit, dude, you should, if you can make it an animation in Fox, you should just be able to cruise on that for like 20 fucking years at this point. Yeah, it's crazy incestuous. Like, so, okay, so like. We've had a couple um, Mike Judge properties after King of the Hill come out. We've had a couple um, Matt Groening properties come out since yeah. Simpsons. Like, um, and we, I know you know they keep certain people like uh, David Cohen, who started yeah. on The Simpsons, was the main guy for Futurama, and then Futurama's been canned for what? It, it feels like ten years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he is the other executive producer of Disenchanted. So it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely incestuous like you're talking like once you work you're good to go like or like you're saying with like lauren bouchard like how many goddamn lauren bouchard shows are there that i'm pretty confident we could say is an offshoot of king of the hill because like norm hiscock is the producer on like all of them like norm hiscock is like the godfather of 
I guess our childhood. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just like, about. <laughs> it's weird to think as far about. As our animated stuff goes, yeah. Well, but I'm even um, thinking like Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, you and I love both yeah. of those shows. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I've watched most of Meet the Hearts, that spinoff of King of the Hill that was written by that one woman who was the writer whose name I can't think of and what she wrote. But yeah, like, I don't know. It's right. just weird to think about. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to we got to get we got to get into this episode, Mark. So let me give you our cast and yes. I'll give you a synopsis. So Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, uh, mention of Nancy Gribble, the Arlen police officers, the assorted jail inmates, and once again, Lady Bird Hill. I, like somebody in the wiki's just got a hard on for every time this dog shows up now. Maybe it's because you and I hate on her so much. Um, synopsis, we hear the origins of Hank's tattoo and the guys get head lice. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an A story with the guys. Everybody else is kind of tangential to this. Like, Peggy shows up, Bobby shows up, is what it is. There's no real B story, I don't think. Not that I could tell, no. No, but uh, let's get into some notes, bud. Yeah, sure. Um, number Note number one. How come the guys weren't just watching golf together? I don't know. I, I, other other than the point of, like, literally setting up the framing for this, why weren't they watching together? I feel like that's a very guy thing to do. They always do it together. Um, well, and they all of them were watching it, or at least two of the four of them were watching it. Three of them. Bill made yeah, Boomhauer was watching, wasn't. wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, just the note. Oh, God, it's this one. I forgot the premise. I like this episode, but I forgot. I hate lice. I, God damn. I, we got it one time in second grade, and it has fucked with me ever since. We used to get fleas yep. all the time because we would have to, like, run cattle and shit. And, like, you can get rid of fleas by taking a shower, but, like. Lice to don't this go away. Da- Man, to this day, like, if I feel a tickle on me, I'm like, oh, God, it's lice or fleas. And I'm, I'm like, not a dirty person at all. It's, like, one of my greater right. irrational fears. It's, yeah, fucked me up. Oh, no, every every time since I was in basically the second or third grade when I had it, if I have an itchy head and it itches for longer than like, like if I if I have to itch it a couple of times within a minute, I freak out. I'm like, all right, either my scalp is just dry as a damn desert or I have lice again and I really mm-hmm. don't want to have lice again. So I freak out and go to a mirror and all this other shit. I'm, I'm the same way, man. It's like PTSD. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't imagine like right now me having to go to the store and buy and fucking, what is it, Ridex or whatever and like... Oh, God, right. <sighs> yeah. Um, I guess I'd probably just use gasoline, but yeah, e- either way. Not, okay, not the so biofaxine uh, and lindane? Burning. Burning. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to reference that. Keep going, buddy. Not at all, not at all. Dude, I cut you off so much last week to talk about fucking Star Wars. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> matter of fact, you're allowed to cut me off this week. You just cut me off and you talk for minutes at a time. I'm in. Um, Bill's drawn fatter than normal this week. Did you notice that? Yeah. There's a scene when initially Hank pulls him out from under the couch and he's in like three quarter profile. That is shit. And then there's a scene with them standing in the alley when he goes, it's lice, you know, and he is fat as shit there. Bill is like the fattest pant load he will be. I think until the like rolling thunder diabetes wheelchair episode. Yeah. Um, I don't get the novelty of shaving heads as like a reward. I feel like that's a big thing. Like, 
Um, I mean, shit, dude. There was a fucking WWE WrestleMania match between Donald Trump and Vince McMahon about shaving their fucking heads. Like, I don't get right. it. Right. But what I do enjoy about shaving heads is drawing Krillin dots on your head, buddy. Yeah, it's true. I think we've <laughs> we've spoken of this once before in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Happy times. Um, you got any <laughs> tattoos you want to talk about? Uh, do I have any what? Tattoos you want to talk about? Um, I I have four tattoos because Mark, you don't you are still uh, uninked. Am I right? I am uninked. I'm waiting for you to come back to America. I'm gonna pull the trigger and I'm gonna get to knack with you on our asses. Wait, yeah, I'm gonna force you to get, get a tattoo. Mark. Yeah, we're gonna get our ass mark and yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, I currently have four tattoos. I uh, I got one while I was here in Europe. Um, which is pretty cool. I've got uh, there are five Norse runes, and it's kind of like a like a life philosophy, basically. Um, I have my all time favorite album cover and probably the best concert I've ever been to uh, tattooed on my arm. Uh, my younger brother has got this exact same one, but on his wrist. Uh, we went and got it the same day on my thirtieth birthday. Um, I have uh, two gigantic failures of tattoos. One that actually still looks pretty good, and the other one that is absolutely <laughs> atrocious that I need to get turned into a dark tower. It's okay. yeah, it's gonna be great. But which uh, one is that? Uh, my my melted joystick that I have on my arm is just the worst. Oh, Guys, if anybody ever tells yeah. you they'll give you a tattoo for fifteen bucks, just know that you're gonna get a fifteen dollar quality tattoo. It's gonna be trash. <laughs> I remember. Um, it that is eventually guy. gonna turn itself into a Stephen King half sleeve, but until then, it just looks like an absolutely gross, disgusting Atari twenty six hundred controller. Um, the other one I have is pretty solid, but uh, four tattoos. My wife has got like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. She's way more badass than I am. She has a whole half sleeve, and you, you don't get any cooler than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate your lady's tattoos. Alabaster skin, and so yeah. it's like the world's perfect fucking canvas. Everything looks dope as shit on her skin. So yeah, like she's one of those people that can really benefit from like different color inks and stuff. Y- yes, where it looks extra fucking cool. Yeah, whereas like my olivey ass, kind of like you lose some of that shit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, I I want them. Um, I really want to get a Loch Ness monster tramp stamp where my pants are the water line. So like, we'll have the Loch Ness monster's humps, and my pants will be the water line. And some days you can see the monster, and some <laughs> days you can't. Okay. Um, and I also really really want to get um. Yeah, I, I, you and I have talked about getting the Tenacious D ass mark for, well, what now? Long time. Ten years at this point? Like, ten fucking years? It's getting really close. I either I either want to get the ones, the straight up the words that say Tenacious D, or I want to get matching picks of Destiny with you. I don't care which ones it is, but damn. I think if we were smart, we would get, like, half a pick on each one of our wrists so we can, like, combine the wrists to make the pick, but still go okay. with the Tanak ass mark because it's just so intrinsic to who to who <laughs> you and I are as like friends is like it is. around Tenacious D and like the picket you know what I mean? Like Well and I've always wanted an ass tattoo. You can ask my wife. I have been uh, threatening to get a smoking bender head for years. I just haven't ever pulled the trigger on it. You're back in America. The next time you come down to Alamosa, we're getting we're getting ass marks together. It's I happening. love it. Fucking A. Um, anyway, we're still on my notes, aren't we? Yes. 
unlock phone. God damn it. Also, listeners, week two of Notes on the Phone. How do y'all feel about it? This is a side note. Johnny, I told you this this morning when we started. I got a new washer and dryer, and as I was yeah. watching this last night, my washer was going off, and the noises were making me feel super anxious because I'm not used to it. But I wrote that in my notes that the new washing machine is stressing me out. <laughs> How are the guys in the drunk tank still that drunk? It's been days I by this point. Know. Bill has had five and a half beers, and he's sober. How fucked up are the guys in the drunk tank? Either that or they're, they've got, they're like, permanently just screwed up. Like, they've got wet brain or something. Maybe, maybe. The place where, um, oh my god, help me out here. The place where Oswald got framed is Dealey Plaza. We talked about that a lot. Yes. Um, we have a musical note, and we'll just call it out now. Uh, it's our favorite song between you and I, I think, ever written. What is it, John? Um, China Grove? No. Oh, no, it's Nazi punks fuck off. No. Are you sure? Swing the only miss. other note in here is Kenny Rogers, the gambler, Mark. Play the gambler. <laughs> Guys, it is the honorary. Other than Feels So Good by Chuck Mangione, the gambler is the honorary fucking song of this podcast. And you're not allowed to listen to my song. Bill knows when to hold him. Oh my God, the gambler. So from that, the god, the goddamn masterpiece that is the gambler. Probably the greatest country song ever fucking written. Um, <laughs> we get a placement in the timeline of King of the Hill that this happens post 1978 because that is when the gambler was released. Yes. So bear that as you will. It it doesn't do anything for anybody. Like, it kind of fucks up the timeline a little bit if you think too hard, but I don't care. I just... Yeah. 1978, we're, we're out of Vietnam. Like, Bill's not going to Vietnam. It doesn't matter. Like... It's... No, but Hank's going to run in... Uh, uh, allegedly, he's going to run into uh, a lady within the previous six months whose boyfriend died over in Vietnam. Yeah. So I just... I. Again, I'm not trying to be that dude about animation timelines. I don't care. I just, I thought it was cool no, that we now kind of have a little era, bit of a. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're kind of like pinning it down a little bit, and I really appreciate that. Um, men would have devastated past Tower. Holy shit, dude! <laughs> with his blonde pompadour and tight leather shirt, or tight black shirt and cherry leather yeah. jacket. Whoo, men. Would have rocked his world. Oh, my God. He would have rolled up in Miss Sally and, and just done unspeakable things together. Mm-hmm. We'd they have a weird-looking some... Connie Connie Howard bastard. Oh, when we reboot because Con died of a heart attack and Min got with Boomhauer. Yeah. Yeah. Con just couldn't beat that depression. Oh, that's dark. Don't care. Needs to be. We need to have some darkness. We are in a post-fucking 2000 world. We need to have some darkness. Khan killed himself because <laughs> the depression got to be too much. Min got with fucking Boomhauer. And then, and then, and then, when Loma comes back to, like, for Khan's funeral, she gets with Bill. That's how we okay. start. Okay, okay. That's how we're rebooting King of the Hill. Season 14, episode 1. Uh, two weddings and a funeral. Khan is now dead. Leoma and Bill get married, and Min and Boomhauer get married, like, in mid-season, mid-season 14, because, like, Boomhauer's just there. Yeah, there it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Baby, it feels so good. 
Stop rubbing your nipples, spec Mark. Spec script, buddy. Oh, two spec scripts. Okay, here we go. Um, Bill is charged, to, or wow. Per the court, Bill is charged $50 fine. That is now $82 in 2022 money. So Oof. I got to ask you, what is more important to you, Johnny? Two days of your time or 82 bucks? Um... Could you spend because Bill is not processed? They they're keeping Bill in the tombs, like he's in general holding. Right. They don't process him into like actual prison. Could you? Would you rather do eighty two dollars or two days in the tombs? With the last, uh, you the not last Bill, like, like no context no, 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 for no, no, like, like you're not there, like you're not showmanship. Bill like choreographing the fuck or choreographing the drunks. Like this is you, Johnny, <laughs> not Bill, Johnny. No, in all honesty, like within the last like nine months or so, when I haven't had a job, I, I haven't had a lot of human contact, Mark. So maybe I would enjoy it for two days. I'm gonna okay. be real with you, but mm, no, I'd probably just pay the damn money. I'm not. I'm not insolvent like Bill. <laughs> I think he just chooses. And I'm definitely not, to. not nearly as depressed. That's true. That's true. Depending on like what I was in holding for, I think I don't know if it was like. If it was like I got in a bar fight, yeah, I could do 24 hours in the hole okay. and just like that's my fine. But if it was like <laughs> I shit on someone's yard, well, maybe that made me hardcore too. If it was drunk and disorderly, I would get annoyed because I feel like all the other drunks would want to talk to me. Well, and you'd be coming down off of getting drunk enough to get arrested for it. So you know you're going to have a hell of a hangover and not want to talk. Also that, and also like, but also like, I'm sorry, I'm kind of a drunk right now. I, my body's really good at processing liquor. I'd be bored as shit by like hour three, I think. Cause like they take him in on what I'm assuming is a Saturday or Sunday. He gets arraigned on Monday and they put him in the hole for two days. So he's not getting out till like Wednesday at the earliest. Right. I'm assuming like, I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about. Anyway, sorry, moving on. Bill spends a lot of time in the hole, is my point. Yes. Um. Just a note, the super drunk guy, his name is Tim, per my uh, subtitles. Nice, okay. The one that's going to get the pizza? I think so, yeah. He's the one that is yelling, so... So it's when Hank goes and he, I demand to speak to Bill Dotrieve, and Bill yells down the hall, I don't oh, want to see Oh, he starts yelling back at him. And then yeah, there's the yeah, drunk yeah. voice. Okay. The drunk voice is credited as a guy named Tim. Um, This is a musical episode. Even if we don't want to talk about it, it is. Like, just the gambler. Um, There are several musical cues that you already called out. What are those, buddy? Yep. Uh, China Grove by the Doobie Brothers. It's the song that you first hear during the flashback. And then they're actually playing a a modified version of the Dead Kennedy song, Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. Um, obviously because you can't say the word fuck off in, in like, TV. Um, so it's just the name of the song is Nazi Punks. They just took off like, the last two words, I guess. Um, it's it's kind of a cool callback. Mike Judge, is, he's pretty notorious for actually enjoying classic punk rock music. He likes yep. a lot of punk rock music in general. Fuck, Green Day was in his first season of this show. Um, when Green Day was like American punk rock, like at the time. 
Yes. No, they're, yeah. they're part of the punk rock rebirth of the 90s. Like, without them, it wouldn't have fucking happened. And they came out of things like the Dead Kennedys. That's who they listened to 10 years earlier. Um, yeah. That's the shit they grew up on. But uh, I want to say the original drummer of the Dead Kennedys passed away maybe two weeks ago. Uh, but their oh, wow. lead singer is still alive. He's he's kicking. He's still protesting and and being his weird ass fucking self um he either is from or used to live in boulder colorado and his name is jello bafra so he's a weird fucking dude neat <laughs> um i'm a big fan of classic punk music guys and the dead kennedys are up there they're they're as influential to most punk bands as the ramones as the sex pistols um, as the Clash, as the Misfits, any of those classic punk bands, you're gonna find them up there. What's your favorite Dead Kennedy song? Um, Holiday in Cambodia. I know it's very fucking like it, it's it's very like cheesy to say that because it's their favorite, like it's it's their most played song. But Holiday in Cambodia is one of those punk songs that got me into the genre. I found it through uh, Guitar Hero and. Hmm. it just kind of like blasted off from there so okay uh, it's yeah i don't know just screaming pull pot as loud as i can whenever i hear that song makes me very fucking happy okay even okay. though he's a terrible fucking human also yes <laughs> uh moon over marin is my favorite moon over marin I also yeah. have uh that's an that's a deep cut buddy um i also have a <laughs> Uh, I got spot. chops. Like, what's up? No, it's it's true. I, you and I don't think I've ever really had a good conversation about punk music. It just kind of throws me. Um, it's too subjective. We can't talk about it like what you enjoy because then you're being the like punk asshole. You know, like yes. anything Clash was better than did Kennedy. You know, like yes. yeah, London Calling is good, but like I'm sorry that fucking Istanbul was constant. That's they might be giants. What's what? No, that was that Clash. Is, no, that is they might be giants. Yeah, <laughs> Clash did it too, didn't they? I don't know. Didn't maybe. Clash do it originally? They might be Giants covered it? They Maybe. I'd have to look. I don't remember ever hearing it. I'm cutting this out. I'm sorry. Point <laughs> is, yeah, we just don't talk about punk music because it'd no. be like you and me trying to like debate like the merits of ska versus bluegrass, which I guess we'll uh, check us out in three weeks when Johnny has moved back to Alamosa and is now occupying the high hammock think hole. <laughs> And we have nothing but time between his studies and my podcasting times. So we're just going to make like four new podcasts when Johnny and I take a new punk album and compare it with a ska album every week. Join us for week number one. Um, the Clash's London Calling versus Less Than Jake's. I don't fucking know what Less Than Jake does. I'm pretty sure it's probably self, self-titled self or something stupid having to deal with like horns. Fucking ska. Anyway, um, final note, because we're 28 minutes in and we're still on notes. They've got Nancy doing a second voice. It's the lady cop. I'm glad that Nancy gets to do a second voice. Jackass. Notes, Johnny, what you got for me, buddy? Um, I have never understood the appeal of watching golf on TV. Uh, So much so to the point where I had a roommate in college that you know very, very well. He would usually put it on if he needed to fall asleep because he couldn't sleep during the night. Or if he had homework to do because it was so boring, the only thing he could concentrate on was was the the homework itself. Um, <laughs> that was right. It was yes. Yeah. Um, I really, I think it's important to list Hank's list of Bill isms that he has put up, like he's like dealt with over the years. Um, sleeping on the car, taking Ladybird's squeaky toys, 
There's a, an entire like subplot that we never got to see where Bill uses a chamber pot. Um, we we have the return of uh, Bill and his porno obsession. Apparently now he's burying it in Hank's backyard. He's no longer a friend. He's now a mole. Um, Mark. Per good hill hunting, he's shitting in their yards and blaming it on deer. Yes. He's, uh, God, he's just a hot mess. Um, Mark, straight razors are incredibly dangerous. I know I probably don't have to tell you this, but um, they're, they're just dangerous in general, let alone to try and shave your head with where it's got like all these veins and capillaries and and shit just running alongside your skull. Yeah. I I I know it's animated and yet every time I watch Peggy get angry and like whip off that last little bit that reveals the word bill, that it always last makes whip. me cringe. Yeah. Always cuz yeah. it's so yes. fucking dangerous. Yes. Holy um, shit, yes. We have my last note here because we already talked about our uh, music cues. My last note here is Mark, we have a resurgence uh, since I don't think the pilot of okay. the Rand Corporation. Really? Yes. Dale says, uh, is it a barcode oh, tattoo? Because yeah. that could point towards the Rand Corporation. This is my um, once every 30 episode reminder to you all that I currently own stock in the Rand Corporation. It's sitting at $14.53 a share. I only have one share and I bought it because I like King of the Hill. It's also the only I stock I've ever owned. I was with you when you bought it. <laughs> yes. It's the only one I've ever owned that has never lost value. So take that as you will. They're basically a military subcontractor, guys. It's never going to lose fucking money. It may never gain a whole lot, but it's never going to lose any. Yeah, um, buy fucking into Northrop Grumman. Like, holy <laughs> shit, it will never devalue. Yeah, they're evil, but you might as well, like, profit off their evil. Like, yeah, you know, much. it's already there, and you're probably not evil, so it's okay. Pretty much. Um, hey, I had a bunch. I had a bunch of Nintendo stock. I had, like, six or seven shares, and then they did a massive stock split, so now I have about 40. So that's kind of badass, but Ooh. all of them are now worth $10 instead of 50 So that sucks. Um, Mark, But you still own 50 Nintendo Kajiggers. I own 50 fucking Kajiggers of Nintendo. <laughs> that got a chuckle out of my wife downstairs, just so you know. Good. <laughs> uh, give me pros, buddy. Pros. <clears throat> uh, Boomhauer's bathroom. It's gorgeous. Gotta have Nancy over sometime. <laughs> we've talked before i really appreciate bathrooms bathrooms are the like bathrooms and kitchens are the mark of like not luxury but like the the mark of you've made it as a human yeah um when uh, okay so this is after dale has sprayed himself with his um cocktail of poisons he's uh, screaming on the ground and lindane Yes. Goddamn. Thank you. Fucking 10 points to Johnny. <laughs> um, Boomhauer dumps the cooler on him yes. in the background while Bill is being sad. I guess I've never seen that frame before. I love it. It's <laughs> where, great. Where I want an animation cell of that. Yeah. I love that. It's so great. Stop locking phone. Uh, in the flashback, just the general flashback scene is a pro. Like... Duh, we already fucking knew that was going to happen. Like, you you and I, like, I don't know if we've done it on this show, but, like, you and I love The Gambler. We love this episode because yes. of The Gambler. We used to sing, like, we used to sing The Gambler to each other in the morning, like, making breakfast and shit. Like, um, 
So yeah, the whole flashback is a giant pro for me, but the pro the proiest pro of that pro is as they're rolling in, Boomhauer goes, dang old big old D, man. Yep. Boomhauer is about to give his big old D to the ladies in Dallas. That makes me happy. Yep. Um, and my other two pros are my favorite moments. So Johnny, what you got for me, buddy? Um, it is the most Bill thing ever to intentionally get lice. Like that, you can't get much more pant loady than that. Ugh. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Dale's reaction to spraying his own head is the entire scene, the entire sequence. His all of his his just like calm af- affect is just perfect until he can't be calm anymore, and then it is screaming agony and pain. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> I also love Dale's nonchalance to Hank being the North Side burglar. And just screams to Nancy, get me a gun, please. <laughs> She's like, all right, yes, <laughs> yep. this is happening. And Mark, I think I have found my favorite Bill. Okay. Anytime Bill gets to perform in something, I find it entertaining. So if it's just him sitting in the middle of a drunk tank as Hollywood D. Betrove, teaching everybody how to sing a, lo- uh, a frog in a log in a hole... Fuck it. I'll mm-hmm. take it. I will take that over sad sack eating change bill every day of the week. Um, we are going to see it again and I... again and again. Every time he gets to entertain someone, he is a great character. Bill is a showman. Like, yeah. Give me more Hollywood Debatrove, man. Also pro Hollywood Dotrieve. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Also pro to you, Hollywood Debatrove. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, that's my <laughs> yes. pros, man. Um, shit. So, cons. Um, Bill uh, shouldn't d- be getting tanked off a six-pack, Mark. Okay. Yep. Here, here. We, uh, not in my backhoe. What did we decide that the accumulated body count was something like in the magnitude of the 30s? Yes. Between him and Dale? Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I totally ran over you there. Um, I can definitely keep going, though. There's a No, lot yeah, of, no, no, keep going. Yeah, keep going. There's a lot of inaccuracies in this episode, specifically, like, w- when you get tattooed, they shave, they have to shave part of your head, like, or, or wherever mm-hmm. they're going to, to tattoo, even if there's no visible hair there, because you can't, like, fuck up the hair follicles. Um, mm-hmm. So how come Hank never noticed the back of his head being shaved? It would have happened. Mm-hmm. It also would have hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, and mm-hmm. guys, I know it's a fun little side story here that they're going to get the like uh, crazy methed out, cranked out guy. They're going to give him some pizza so that Bill will wrongly confess to something. But co- police coercion is a real thing and it's really fucked up because it should be illegal and it's not. And it happens all the fucking time. Um, if you are ever arrested... Ask for your lawyer. They don't have to offer one to you. They don't have to remind you it's your right. Say, I don't want to speak. I'm reserving my right to stay silent, and I cannot afford a lawyer. You need to find one for me. And then don't say a goddamn word. Be respectful and simply say, I do not need to answer that. I request a lawyer. That is yes. all. Yeah, do not talk. I don't care if you haven't done anything wrong. Don't fucking talk to cops ever. No, it doesn't ever. matter. They're you not there to help shit. you. You didn't hear shit. They're not your friend. They are there to fucking generate revenue. Like, yep. it is not the fucking officer friendly that we used to have. They are there to generate revenue for your state. 
do not talk to the cops. Thank you, John. Yes. yes. And um, I, this is not a, like a big thing of me saying, you know, all cops are bad. I'm not trying to get political on this. There are some very good cops out there, and the good ones are going to understand why the fuck you're saying what you're saying. They're not going to get offended by it because they now have to fight with all the shitty ones. They don't want to be another mm-hmm. statistic. If you've got a good cop, they're going to understand. If you've got a bad one, they're going to get pissed that you know your fucking rights. Just say that. Um, Mark, cons. Cons. Um, I have an I'm itchy count of four instances of me scratching myself, and that makes me feel <laughs> gross that I had to you. mark it. Con. Bill's chamber pot. You already eloquently hit that. God. I know. And I bet he just, like, you know, we just saw last episode with him dumping his fucking leavings behind his... Ugh, no. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. He is a gross, gross man. Bill is fucking nasty. I'm sorry. Like, Bill is irredeemably disgusting. Um, Bill, you got this one, too. Bill cannot get hammered off of five beers. That's scientifically proven. Yeah. Um... Nancy shaved Dale's grundle. You fucking know she did. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't want to be loud and proud about it. Fox censors would not let uh, Johnny Hardwick go. She also shaved my nutsack too, Hank. My coin purse is so smooth. I feel so smooth. <laughs> that line always kills um, me. It's a gross line, but I love it, yeah. Um, this episode brought up a weird horror of mine, Johnny. Oh, no. Sock puppets. I am terrified of sock puppets. When I was but a wee child, I had a dream that the kindergarten, or the sock puppets we made in kindergarten class came to life and ate our hands, right? Okay. Um, my father, who is a miserable prick of a human, heard about this, so he made a sock puppet. He made a sock, he fucking made a sock puppet. And would wait till he would hear me coming around corners and pop out around the corner with a sock puppet and go, something stupid. Wow. He thought it was the funniest fucking thing in creation. I hate sock puppets. Um, When I was watching this, like listening to my washing machine tumble about and then I look up and there's a fucking sock puppet. I knew there was a goddamn sock puppet behind me ready to just like do whatever sock puppets do to a grown man. Point is, irrational fears are irrational, but also my other fear is a heart murmur. Yes. <laughs> There's, I don't remember the episode, but you made that joke. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like <laughs> it derailed. Like you expected me to pick up that ball and run. Yep. And I dropped that fucking pass. And I'm like, what? It's what? all good. What what? It's all good. Hey, we've come around now. But so. now we're here. Um, Con, the Quickie Mart employee not wearing shoes back here. Oh, my God. Yeah, and the cops being cool with it, like not even giving him a second glance. Why would they give him a second glance? It's a goddamn convenience store. I mean, the guy is gross. You might as well be like, oh, hookworms, get in my feet. Like, no, fuck that noise, man. You're in Texas. Anywhere. I don't care anywhere you are. Like, wear your goddamn shoes in society, man. Like, that's not for us. That's for you. Like, the ground is a dirty place. Yeah. Um. Pursuant to that, guess who else is dirty? That's right, it's Hank, and he's going to die from fucking hepatitis. <laughs> cons, I'm done bitching now. No, you're good. I'm done with my cons, so why don't we get to favorite moments, man? Wow, we're in favorite moments. I was going to say, wow, we really blazed through this, but I look at my recording clock, and we're at 41 minutes, so we yeah. did not blaze through it. No. Uh, favorite moments. Get lost, Bill! Oh, my God. <laughs> the venom in that favorite, line. 
Oh, favorite. Maybe, maybe between that and look, Hank, no more burnt hands. That might be my fa- like my second favorite quote of this series. It, oh, it's so close. It's really hard to find a more like potent Dale line to just really love. But yeah, it's there yeah. is so much anger in it. There's so much just like I am. I am done with your shit. And every time I watch, it's the most believable fucking line of any character in this entire series, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's a great Dale line. And then I've already been on this scene's dick the entire time. But the whole flashback, I love all of it. Like, yeah. I love how the guys are all different and unique. And I, I, I'm a sucker for flashbacks. And man, did they do this one right. How about you, buddy? Um, Mark, is a 149 a burglary? <laughs> No, no, he said one four nine. <laughs> oh, also him feeding the mailbox. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bill dumping the beer in the mailbox. Here you go, buddy. That <laughs> fucking also favorite moment. Sorry, sorry. No, you you reminded good, me. It's a good favorite moment. Uh, no, that's that's what I've got. I don't have any retro rage for this. Uh, not that I can see really. Um, Mark, why don't we, uh, why don't we talk about, why don't you explain our rating system here so we can give this guy a rating? Hell yeah. Um, our rating system breaks down like this at the very, very bottom is charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It's a piece of shit. Don't watch it guys. It's just bad. All it's going to do is get soot under your boy's nails. Above that is Megalo. Megalo is like a bronze. It is shameful. It's not a good episode of King of the Hill, but it's also not a complete, like, you know, waste of an episode there's going to be little there's going to be little nuggets of okay poos in this chamber pot of an episode that is a megalo but it's not going to be good above that is a butane butane is a bastard gas you love to hate it and you hate to love it uh there might be a lot of good and there's probably quite a bit of bad but if you're blitzed off your ass drunk singing show tunes at two in the morning and this one is on well hey buddy i bet you're gonna watch it Above that is Char King. If Johnny and I come together and both give it a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial, and a Char King means quality. A Char King means a gold standard of an episode. A Char King means that you can probably show this to anybody, and there's a really solid chance they'll like it. They will like it. But something stuck. Something just wasn't quite good, or you needed a bunch of context to understand it. You couldn't show this to your mom because she didn't watch King of the Hill, and she's not going to understand why you love this man with the blonde hair in an insane asylum painting a picture of himself. She's just not going to get it. And finally, our gold standard. Well, I guess above gold standard. What's above gold, Johnny? Platinum or or uranium or iridium? Platinum or unobtainium? Um, it's the Blue Flame of Valor. It's the best episode of King of the Hill. It's a great episode of television. This is the gold standard. This is, or I can't say gold standard. This is the pantheon of episodes. This is what you want. This is what it should be. This is a firefighting we will go. This is a beer can named Desire. You can show this to anybody with zero context and they will love it. It is a perfect example of why this show is so goddamn enjoyable, even what is this now, 20 years later? And so, yeah... With that all in mind, Johnny, what are you going to give Be True to Your Fool? Um, I gave it a Butane. Okay. So it's it's definitely better than a Butane because I will seek this out. But it's not quite a Char King to me um, because there is a lot of context that you need. I think with, uh, with the more you know about Bill and just how far he has fallen – the more you understand where he is in this episode. Um, and you you really, I mean, you get to see him in his prime in the flashback, but you don't really get to see all the ins and outs. I think you need to see 
him dressing up as Lenore, him completely losing it, dressed up as Santa Claus, like these moments to really make the rest of this impactful. And mm-hmm. and to see a little bit more of Hank reaching out and helping him, like getting a little bit of context for that, because Hank does it a lot in this series. And so for him to call him out and be like, no, I did all this shit because I'm your friend. It it impacts you more if you have seen more. But it's a really good episode. This is this is almost one I would show somebody just to start getting them familiar with characters because it's a really good introduction okay. bill episode. Okay, right on. Yeah, how about you, man? Um, I gave it a butane. It's pretty good. It's really dumb, and we're not gonna like. It's not like anything is gonna change out of this. Like Bill is still gonna be Bill next week, but it's it's fine. I like the flashback a lot. I think we get a lot of good character building and a lot of good moments. And if nothing yeah. else, like just the inclusion of the gambler and on a personal level, like what that song has meant to you and me, yeah, it bumps it up a little bit for me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, I say we move on to our next episode, Mark. Episode 146, Racist Dog. Uh, So original air date, Mark, May 4th, 2003. Uh, Our writer for this episode is J.B. Cook. Um, He wrote uh, the infamous Hank's Bully episode. That was, I think, his last episode on King of the Hill. Uh, Dusty old bones full of green (laughs) dust. Yeah, Um, we all love that one. And he also wrote a single episode for the uh, ill-fated Sammy episode or sammy cartoon okay. yeah i i thought it was we're very strange i've watch never sammy. heard of this i've never heard we're of gonna it. watch this shit we have to we have to watch at least these two episodes um but uh i just found it kind of interesting that that this week in king of the hill these two guys both had one if like that's the last thing on their imdb credits so um <laughs> our cast of characters good, hank good riddance Jeez. Uh, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Lady Bird, Nancy Gribble, Karen Stroop, The Dog Trainer, Roger, Budasek, uh, Donna, Enrique, Joe Jack, McCarver, The Repairman, and our guest star, I know he's your favorite, Mark, Mac Walker, a.k.a. Bernie Mac. And yes, I uh, know Bernie he's Mac not your dead, favorite. Right? Bernie Mac has been dead he's for like dead, 10 right? years. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we're past the point where I can speak ill of the dead, right? So it's all good. If, if you don't like Bernie Mac, which I know you don't, feel free to to flame away. Just keep in mind that I have moments where I like Bernie Mac. I have roles that I like him in. But for the most part, I don't really can care. Can you give him. me one? I'm not I, trying to be a contrarian. No, no, no. Can no, you no. give me one? So I'm just because we're already there, and I'm going to spoil one of my notes for you. Um, it's Mark, do you know what film franchise, very large film franchise that just had a new trailer release for their newest entry yesterday? Do you know what franchise Pamela Adlon and Bernie Mac are both technically members of? Uh, Charlie's Angels, right? Nope. Oh. What? If I say Autobots roll out, do you know? Oh, okay. What Te- was... Technically, Bernie Mac is... In- Huh? Who is Pamela Adlon? So uh, Bernie Mac is in the very first one, and that's the role I was just about to tell you. He's in it for like yeah, thirty I remember, seconds. I remember him as the guy who sells Shia LaBeouf the Bumblebee, and I like that thirty yeah. seconds of him because it's just enough for me to get a laugh out of. And it's he's just supported by like ridiculous shit. He just keeps calling everybody his clown cousin, and I'm like, okay, it's, kind of, it's funny. It's Bernie Mac, um, and then Pamela Adlon is in the Bumblebee movie. She's the mom. 
Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, cool. she's Haley Steinfeld's mom. So she's like one of the more main characters of the movie. She's also like you can see just how short she is in real life when you watch that movie because even with like three inch lifts, the like eight year old character is just as tall as she is. <laughs> she's she's little. Okay. But no, I like him in smaller roles. When you don't have to have a lot of Bernie Mac on the screen, when he's not the central focus, he's pretty good. I don't mind him in Bad Santa. It's not my favorite, but I, the less is more oh, with him. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. But as a general rule, though, I'm not going to seek out something because Bernie Mac is in it. I don't really care for his show. Yeah, I cannot stand the Bernie Mac show. It's yeah. I yeah. I also have a hard. We talked before. I hate kid actors, and that show is three child actors. And yeah, God, that little boy is like the most obnoxious creature in existence. Like, <laughs> um. So I I'm gonna jump right into notes if you don't mind, since I I just got to burn. Yeah, do it up because I can't say anything more about Bernie Mac. I don't like him. That's that's about. Yeah. Against all the other, I don't whatever. I just I don't like Bernie Mac. Whatever. Um. So the I'm opening to, not to this. Like people. The opening to this episode is dramatic as hell. Am I wrong? No, not at all. This is a good opening. I <laughs> forgot this was the opening to this episode. This is a great way to start an episode. Yeah, I always forget this is the opening. I also find it hilarious that um, Bill does not... Like, he goes and revives Peggy before even trying to go back in to get Hank. So he makes sure that he gets his jollies off with Hank as far away as possible and then can come in. Um, I do not think that Bill is very special victiming Peggy. I think that Peggy was the first <laughs> one he saw, and he grabbed Peggy first. Well, yes, but he made it a point to like get all up in that business before trying to go and pull Hank out as well, knowing he also could just still be asphyxiating in there. Okay, okay, fair enough. I don't, maybe I'm reaching for it. Maybe I'm reaching for it, but um, <laughs> I, I don't understand why Bernie Mac's character immediately jumps to the race card other than the fact that it's the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm a white man and I have friends of lots of races and none of them have ever pulled that card out when something just doesn't go their way. Maybe I'm just friends with more tolerant people, but <laughs> like, goddamn. Um, and my last note here, Roger's back, man. I always love it when they, when they make it a point to say Roger is back. Is that Chris Rock? Um, I don't think, so I don't think it is him, uh, reprising his role. I think it's somebody doing it, basically a a Chris Rock, like, attempt. Yeah. Um, I will look it up though if you want to go through your notes. Yeah, sure. I got quite a few notes actually. Let's hear Uh, note number one. Note number one. Fuck. Fuck, it's this one. Fuck. Uh, Dale <laughs> gives us a fence jump with a scream. That's a new one. We don't usually get the scream. We just get the fence jump. Um, contrary to your note number, or not contrary, I guess, uh, along with note number one, how come Bill did not pull his son Bobby out of the house, first of all? <laughs> but also, secondly, um, Peggy shuddering over and over again, but Johnny isn't Bill Bobby's dad? And I wrote that in the SpongeBob Capital lowercase yep. text, in case you couldn't tell. By the way, Phil Lamar is our Buddha sack in this episode. Ah, uh, so, okay. Good to know. Um, Weird note, Bobby introducing himself to Mac. Hello, I'm Bobby. That was really weird, but his <laughs> hello made hello. me laugh super hard. Yeah, every time. <laughs> um, meat bone slippers would be amazingly uncomfortable. I don't know why I felt that I had to write that, but boy, did I. Oh, man. 
Uh, David Herman as the Philip Frond, as the dog therapist. I'm 90% sure that's David Herman, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, it's gotta be. Okay, okay, cool. I don't, okay, how do you do this? I like him when he's the anger management counselor, but I don't like his animation in this because I feel like they're trying to make him too hot. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay. He just, he's got like the tight shirt on and like, he's a better looking person than David Herman should be voicing for this role. You're a dog therapist. Come on, man. Get off your shit. Okay. Um, is this Chris Rock? Because that'll boost my whole rating by a whole point. Well, hey, it wasn't. So guess what? It didn't get boosted. No offense, Phil Lamar. We last... absolutely love you. Oh, yeah. No, sure. I just, I I wonder by this time, like, I wonder what the over, or not the overlap, the like, what do you call it? The, like, the repeat, the right. repeat ratio for guest stars is. I don't know how guest stars work. We're like... Maybe there's some like Leonard Nimoy. I got to assume that Leonard Nimoy and Matt Groening were at least buddies a little bit right. to get Leonard Nimoy to keep appearing on Matt Groening properties. Right. So to that end, when if Chris Rock were to reshow up as Buddha Sack, it would just kind of make me. Diedrich Bader is in King of the Hill all the time. We can assume that Mike Judge and Diedrich Bader are buddies, and we yes. see that because Diedrich Bader is in several roles across. King of the Hill, as well as, you know, being our favorite neighbor in Office Space. So, like, little right. things like this. I just, yeah, sorry. I've been talking a lot. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just going to say, like, unless a celebrity also, like, sometimes they just get really attached to a role and they like coming back for it. Um, there's two yeah. prime examples in The Simpsons. Joe Montaigne as Fat Tony. He straight up has said, like, mm-hmm. do not ever replace me as Fat Tony. I will always come. Um, and Kelsey Grammer in The Simpsons as Sideshow Bob. Like, he specifically yeah. likes playing that character, so he came back a lot for it. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's otherwise it's kind of strange, because they're not normally voice actors. They're actors. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I like when they re-show up, but I was curious if it was, and anyway. Yeah. Now we know. Uh, when's the last time we saw Stroop? Was it Virgin 2.0? Because I'm pretty sure it was Virgin 2.0 was the last one. I think it was. Um, I just kind of had okay. my mind blown a little bit here. And maybe I maybe it was blown before, and I just don't remember it. Mark, do you realize that the lady who voices Stroop is the same one that does Nancy? No shit. Yeah, it's Ashley Gardner who does Nancy. That makes a lot more sense about a lot more things that we bitched about in the first season with um, Peggy's Boggle Championship, how it was just Stroop was the voice. Yep. And I didn't realize that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, As a general note, fuck this episode and the Christian response in it. I hate that shit. Oh, my God. It's bad. The prayer circle is bad. Yeah, and I just... I don't... I, I don't know. I don't bring God into racism, guys. Like, come on. The whole the whole premise that like you my race is better than your race and my sky daddy says that our races are the same is just so so fucking dumb. Yeah. Um finally. Um man, I really missed the Waffle House and now I'm pretty sure that they're like dead. I think Waffle House as a franchise is closed. I don't know. I But I, Mac I know. has Mac has a line, if you want the racist shit, take it to the Pancake House. And oh, we all nice. know he's talking about Waffle House. Oh, yeah. And I got to think about Waffle House, yeah. I think the Waffle House is still there. It's just mostly in the southern U.S. Like, it's hard to find one in Colorado. I thought they folded. I, I know there's a couple in Colorado. I used to go to one a lot when I drove truck for Budweiser. I'd get off early in the morning and go eat there. But Okay. No, I think they're still out it there. It used to be used my to favorite s- pastime to be, like be the only sober one there and like watch all the drunks <laughs> and crackheads like fight each other. Oh god, yeah, it's the the best fights are always filmed at a Waffle House. 
Oh yeah, you you got to be able to like you need to be at least a yellow belt to get a job at a Waffle House. Like, okay. uh, those are my notes, buddy. What what else you got for me? Um, so some pros. Uh, everybody is really passive aggressive in this episode, and I know that it's that's the point. But for me, it's a pro because it seems very pronounced. It puts you on edge really, really quickly. Um, because okay. of like the whole through line in the end of this is like, oh, that's why she was mad the whole time because Hank was constantly stressed the whole time. And it's like, well, well, no shit. Like he almost killed himself unintentionally. And now it gets really weird about somebody coming in and touching his house. I would understand mm-hmm. that as well, especially if I had just made some like tiny little mistake it's very emasculating to have you pulled out of your house by your big fat best friend who just had his lips wrapped around you <laughs> and then be basically be told, yeah, because you fucked this up, you now have to pay somebody on top of being embarrassed in front of your whole neighborhood to fix it. Yeah. So like right, right off the get go. Yeah. I'm going to be an uncomfortable person. I'm not going to be in a good mood and it's going to take a while before I can get back to being fucking normal. And Mm-hmm. So I, I think they did a good job of like hitting that note the whole episode, like right off the bat from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other, I only have one other pro in here and it's when they're showing Lady Bird the hip hop videos, which I could, for the life of me, <laughs> could not figure out what song they were trying to listen to or was listening to. I don't um, think they were. I, I don't think they were. I think it was like, hey, make something up really quick. Okay, here we go. It might, shit, dude, it might have been. Um, but Bobby just like starts swaying to the hip hop music in the background when he's talking about the pool party. And I'm like, this is hilarious. It's good animation is all. The Bobby line of dad, the pool party is starting is a great little line. Let's tally ho it over to the money bin. Uh, Mark, (laughs) why don't you tally ho it onto your pros? (laughs) Well done, sir. I don't know why it's a pro, but I have the note. It's an unhealthy relationship. You know uh, I'm talking Peggy, about? Peggy and talking about uh, Hank and Lady Bird have always had an unhealthy yes, relationship. Yes, yes, Peggy hates that fucking pork chop <laughs> hound. Yes, here we go. Um, I love Boomhauer's dumb impression. Holy shit. I, I just like it. It made me happy. Um, we should have hit this a couple weeks ago. We have a reappearance of a character in Enrique. Johnny, who is Enrique's voice actor? Danny Trejo, Mark. The one Danny, and only Machete. Trejo. Yes, sir. Like, um, your favorite bad guy in mind, Danny Trejo, the man, the myth, yes. the legend. I now, Johnny, need to break and give a shout out to a listener. Ooh. Please one tell me it's Danny Trejo. Who goes by the... It is not, if only it were, but it is a Danny Trejo note. This listener goes by the name of Crazy Panties, and she hit me up to let me know that she operates a limousine and transport service, and Danny Trejo is a short little dude. Oh, yeah. She says he's five foot two, but also that he is a super friendly guy, and that makes me so goddamn happy that Danny Trejo is a nice guy. I, I'm not surprised that guy has he has like worked so hard for everything that he has gotten and to where he has like gotten in his life that it's not surprising to me that he is humble about it at all. I would imagine him to be a super super fucking cool guy. Um, guys, he's also the inspiration for but not voice of Octavio. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, and we went through that, and I forget the episode when we revealed that um, Octavio was voiced by Hank because you and I had always operated under it was um, Danny Trejo. Always. 
but Danny Trejo does Enrique, and that's such a weird little thing to me. Um, but yeah, that was a fun note. Um, Peggy's office got moved into the den, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, the foley in this episode is spot on. Like, I did notice that and appreciate it. There's a bit when the, I don't know his name, the white guy, the white uh, hot water heater repair man, he jumps up and kicks his toolbox. Right. And it is like the cleanest toolbox kick sound I've ever heard. Right. But like... That also ought to give you some bearing on where I was in this episode to be ignoring everything to pay attention to Foley notes. So, <laughs> with that being said, let's do some cons, buddy. I, I mean, I have one here. I only have one con. Um, but I'm going to preface this with, guys, I really stopped watching this episode maybe five minutes in. I let it run in the background, and I caught one line that I went... Well, shit, I guess that's going to be my favorite moment because I've heard it a bunch of times, but that's it. Um, my con mark is I don't believe that geriatric ass 13-year-old fucking ladybird could pull fat ass little Bobby from the house by herself. She's got bad hips for Christ's sake. Man, does the force fucking flow through your <laughs> flow through you and I or does the force fucking flow through you and I? Oh my, that is my little that is my first fucking con. Yeah. No way Lady Bird can move Bobby. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, we're just we're wow. vibing today is what it is. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, So that was your only con. That's my only con and and really it's that's not a good sign for this episode because I just stopped paying attention. Okay, okay. I I have a couple more than that, though. Okay. So, number one, you already hit it. No way Lady Bird is moving, Bobby. No, not, an, not, no, not even three years previous. Now, being that it is six years after the initial incident, I am willing to forgive it because I can't tell you what I was doing six years ago. But since we're here, Bobby forgot the lessons that he learned from doing comedy with Buddha Sack. Holy shit, he is entranced by, and I hate to, I hate to use this terminology because I hate the word, but or, or the, the I, I just hate the name of it. But like, he is entranced by this magical Negro coming into his house and espousing yeah. witticisms and fixing the hot water heater. I just hate that trope name. I'm sorry. It's just a bad, I don't know. It makes me feel weird, but he is entranced by the magical Negro. I, I hate it. I really hate that. It's like, a bad representation Bobby of Bobby. Well, but we know better. We know that Bobby watches fucking breakfast at the Apollo. We know that Bobby hung out with Buddha sack. We know that Bobby has goddamn gotten up and done stand up. He should not be so entranced by Mac, the fucking hot water heater repair, man. I don't know. I just, I get it. I get it. I guess I get it. I don't get it. It pisses me yeah. off. Anyway, moving on. Dale is hard to watch in this episode. Dale is needlessly cruel. How come Dale can't just poison Lady Bird? Why has he got to go all fucking JFK on her? I don't know. Yeah, or strangling her. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, Dale, come on, dude. Like, you have a bait box full or a tackle box full of, like, poison. Yeah. Fucking put some in her Alpo and call it good. It's all good. Like, god damn. Yeah. Um. Lulu, the tiniest dog in the world. Oh, that fucking <laughs> miniature teacup Yorkie bullshit. I hate, I hate tiny dogs. Anyway, since when is Peggy in the church choir? I don't honestly know. 
But also, but also, but also, because now Peggy has taken a test that says that she strongly prefers the company of black people. Is it so far out of the realm of understanding to assume that Peggy is Peggy and will go, what do black people do that I know they do? They sing in church choirs. I like black people. <laughs> I'm going to sing in the United Methodist of Arlen Choir with no other black people in it, but that's what black people do, and I strongly prefer the company of black people, so that is what I'm going to do. I like that And in my mind, I prefer to think that was her, like, thought train, and I am willing to forgive it a thousand percent. Yeah, um, no, that, that's, that, that tracks. The black doll that Hank is playing with is weirdly bigger and buffer. Like, I'm sorry, that is a Mandingo doll. That is a fucking, like... Black exploitation movie sized doll in comparison to the white doll. He's huge. He's ripped his buff. And then when Ladybird gets a hold of it, he's just huger and rip ripper and buffer, but his like clothes are torn up and shit. So he looks even more like just big, angry black guy. I'm sorry. It puts me off. I don't know. I am in a weird seventies exploitation movie mindset. I think. Right. And finally, my last scene, the whole scene with Bobby and Hank playing with Kiki, the kitty makes me want to jump in front of a fucking bus. Oh my God. (laughs) Can we as much shit as I've been talking about, like Hank's acceptance of Bobby and Hank and Bobby growth as a father son dynamic relationship and, and all the good and purity of, of goodbye, normal genes and Bobby and Hank palling around watching the fucking news. It's all gone. It's all gone. Yeah. This episode took it out back and did do it. What Dale was going to do to Ladybird, by which I mean, he took it out back and choked it to death and made me look at its fucking head. The head was named Kiki. Don't you want to pet my kitty named Kiki? Okay. I'm done bitching. You're Fuck that funny. scene. Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> so stupid. This is like, I imagine this is the, like, bile that you felt during the um, haircut episode when Bobby was getting his haircut and Peggy goes, who's going to get chocolate milk? And Bobby goes, Ugh. I like chocolate milk. That Ugh. one, that little, I can hear it right now in your voice. Mm. I imagine that scene for that scene for you is this scene for me, and it's the same amount of, like, vitriol and hate. Oh, let's talk about something else. Those are my cons. It's, we have favorite moments, question mark? No, I don't. I don't have a favorite moment. I did until you just blasted it out of the water. And the only reason it was a favorite moment was because it's it's how I could connect to a former roommate about this show. Because it was his favorite line. And it was, come on, Kiki. So he would say it a whole bunch. So I have good memories of that. But damn, are you like very, very right. At this point, I think you and I need to be on the lookout for J.B. Cook episodes to find out if if they're written so good or so bad that they infuriate us. Because I don't think this is a very good written episode and it makes me mad. And I know looking at, at the uh, <coughs> Hank's Bully episode. I'm going to have the same issue. And I don't know if it's because the, that in that one, I don't know if it's the writing's good or a writing is bad. Like, is it, am I mad because I'm supposed to be, or are you just trashing my fucking character? I have on my wall, this antique ass piece of paper that I started writing on <laughs> a year ago, better than a year ago when you and I started this. It is our shit to look out for. You want to know what is on this list? Yes. Andy Maynard. Yes. A note that I cannot read. <laughs> Bobby Sunday School shenanigans. Okay. Our rating system breakdown on, like, how we do it so I didn't fuck it up when we started. Yep. 
And the word, okay, the word goober smooches, um, Dale fence jumps, which we have been on. We yes. have been on Dale fence jumps since I wrote that. Um, Bobby hearing Hank say, I love you. And now we have JB cook episodes. That is what is on my vaunted fucking list of shit to keep an eye out for that has existed since like season one, episode three, or no, since episode, whatever the fuck it was, uh, Husky Bobby. That was like December about a year ago when we cut that one. And we said we were going to keep an eye out for Andy Maynard. Well, now Dangle podcast has a new nemesis in fucking JB cook. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, I I don't have a favorite moment in this episode, man. I it's not a good sign, guys, when you stop listening to it and you pick up on one thing at the very end. I'm pretty sure that the only yeah. reason they got Bernie Mac into this episode is because at the time he had a show on Fox called the Bernie Mac Show. Well, this really holds up to our theory of they get people on Fox Retainer to voice episodes. Um, all the football commentators. Um, yeah. We just had Danny Masterson and Topher Grace and Meglo Dale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like very, very on. I would say on brand to just recycle. I don't. Again, I don't know how voiceover works, but I think you're right. I got to assume that like. They just have. I also wonder if Bernie Mac showed up in like Simpsons around this time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So, um, what do you say we rate this guy, man? Because I can't imagine you've got a favorite moment. Well, I was gonna say you just totally glossed over my favorite moment, and um, right here at wait, wait what does this say? Um, oh, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I like. I guess I like the opening bit. Um, it's a really good scene. It's a really good way to start an episode. This is a, you're in season seven. This is a great way to start an episode. Like, give it some gravitas, it's a solid sure. co- cold open. Yeah. Um, and I'm also confused. When does Bill pull, when did they get food poisoning? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Though that's an episode where they get food poisoning and Bill takes care of them. And then he goes to poisoning them so that they need him. Oh, th- it, it's it's later on. It's I like knew that this was this episode. Yeah, I knew that this was this episode, but it's like Bill runs into the Hill House more than anybody else on Rainy Street, and that's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, no favorite moment. I don't like this episode. Um, what are you rating it, John? I gave it a mega low. It's very preachy. I get okay. enough of that in this day and age with PC culture and everybody telling me that I need to feel bad for who I am and be inclusive for who I am and, and all this other shit. Um, I, I can be multicultural and I can be um, uh, unbiased and I, I can think with a very broad fucking spectrum and you don't have to tell me to do that. So if you constantly bombard me with this shit, then I don't need it. And I definitely don't need it from a show that's 20 goddamn years old with a very antiquated message. Um, I probably would not watch this episode again. Yeah. You know what bugs me, too? Is we know that Lady Bird isn't racist. Um, there's a bit in, what is it, Pregnant Paws, and Hank says, no, 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 her her mama parked down, or tracked down uh, Earl Parker Ray. Yeah. Earl Parker Ray was the guy who shot Martin Luther King. Like, just that, just that little bit. I don't know why I'm remembering it, but maybe that's yeah. my problem, is that, like, there's a better... There's a better way to do this. If I was smarter, I could think of a better, more clever way to do this. But I can't. I'm just kind of with you. It's 
it's needlessly preachy. I hate that where we are as a country that this could still be kind of like I wouldn't say. I don't know. No, I, this could this could premiere. But you know what? Too on Sunday. Well, okay. So you know what else too? Um, there's a bit. Uh, in uh, Won't You Pee My Neighbor, when Hank and Peggy are making fun of the Super News and Pones, right? Right. And, like, it's very, very easy to look at Con and Min and say they're just kind of like, you know, problematic caricatures of Asians. And you have this problem a lot, I feel like, where, like, what they're saying about the Super News and Pones is bad or, yeah. like, how they're addressing it is bad, right? But then also, like, Hank has the line in Won't You Pee My Neighbor... I wish they'd move, and it really that really sticks with me because Hank doesn't hate them because they're Laotian. Hank hates them because they're obnoxious. They're bad um, neighbors. Hank, yeah, Hank doesn't hate Bernie Mac or whatever the fuck is it? Mac. What's his last name? He gets an actual last. It's I don't Mac even know. It doesn't something. matter. Yeah, Mac something doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Had Mac. Um. Uh, he talks about how like he has the realization of oh well I didn't hate you blah blah I. We've already been to this party, too. We know Hank isn't a racist. That's silly. Like, why would Hank be a racist? Like, that's the problem. I think maybe that's what bothers me. If this was yeah. anybody else, if this was, like, if this was a Dale episode, somehow. If this could somehow be a Dale episode where, like, something happened and it's like, what do you mean your dog's afraid of black people, Dale? What What do you do? What do you tell? Like, it could be, I don't know. It's just so not all... It, it's, it's lazy. It's bad. JB Cook, you're on my shit list. That's where I'm at. That's yeah. my favorite moment. You and I have a unified villain in King of the Hill that is JB <laughs> Cook and not Ted Wasana's song. Like, anyway, I've been I've been rambling. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, yeah. you're good. It's basically like no, no favorite a, moments. Everything is gross. I hate it all. You make a very valid point, Mark. Before we uh, we get out of here, uh, and it's basically like we we learned. What four episodes in in Westy Side Story? Not even four episodes. That's like episode two or three. That Hank is not a racist. Why are we rehashing this seven seasons later? Yeah, but even that too. Like that was. I th- I really do think that was like our big like. If we had like a, a takeaway thesis for this podcast, one of them would be you cannot describe to you know ignorance what or no, you cannot describe to like malice what you would describe to like ignorance or stupidity. Yeah, and like. We are past that point right now in the series. This is not well. If this was a season one or two, this would have been a great fucking episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and well, maybe still I guess we already had this great fucking episode in fucking Bobby doing stand up black comedy. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? We already had this episode. We already did it better. We've already JB visited Cook said, this. I think I can do it better. And he fu- but you know what, too? Hank is outright quoting Martin Luther King. Hank is not. God damn it. Like, I don't know. It really bothers me. Like, well, it just it just bothers me altogether. I, mm, I'm mad. I'm just mad. That's where I'm okay. at. I'm sorry. Before we I apologize. Up. What are we rating this shit? You, you, what do we talk about? Where Have we rated it yet? Are we still mad? Because I want to dock at a rating point. I was going to give it a butane, but now I don't know. I don't... <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, what Mark... were you going to say? The Kiki scene. The Kiki scene drops it again. You know what? Fuck it. Racist dog gets the charcoal out of me. I just okay. opened my notepad to get bearing where I was. Read Kiki scene makes me want to die. Got reminded of the Kiki scene. Fuck racist dog gets the charcoal. It got dropped a whole 1.1 ratings. 
Is there anything good about this episode? Is there anything redeemable? Is there anything enjoyable? Is there anything that we like that might stop it from being complete charcoal of an episode? Probably not. The opening, maybe? Maybe the opening, because no. it's a good opening. Because it establishes the tension really good right away. Really, really, yeah, really effectively sets it up. Stroop is obnoxious. The 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 Methodist Church is obnoxious. Like, yeah. we just saw we just saw in um. Oh my God! What I can't think of the name. The Good Buck. I wanted to call it uh, Weekend at Bucky's, where he plays with Luann's Misty Melons. Um, <laughs> we just got a better episode of what Christianity can be represented as in the King of the Hill scope. Yeah. Last week. And now we have this. Now we have the people of the world and love on another a sound cue that we didn't even call out because we didn't care. No. Fuck this episode. It's a charcoal. I have nothing else to say. John, do you have anything else to say? I'm sorry. I have been angry for about 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure. Um, Mark, I have one more thing to say. What's that, buddy? Do you still like King of the Hill? <sighs> <laughs> Don't ask me that on a Monday. Yeah, I still like King of the Hill. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill, even though it's problematic at times. But it's not problematic. It's like, it's just bad. Like, this is a bad episode. This if is it's a got, bad fucking episode. Even like, if it took 145 right? like, episodes to get to a stinker. Well, no, you fucking hated Leanne Saga. Yeah, but not because it's a bad episode, because I can't fucking watch it. You hated Meet the Manger Babies because of my rating system song. Yeah, but I didn't give it a charcoal. I came close, damn it. (laughs) Mark, let's get out of here, buddy. Do let's. You want to tell those good people where they can find us? Absolutely. If you guys want to contact us, you can reach us on... Uh, Dangle Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. We have an email, danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you want to reach out to me personally, I am on Instagram at Krautball. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. And Mark, where can they find you? You can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh and sometimes my buddy Johnny uh, discuss weird topics we just did a really solid gladiator one second week in a row plugging it go listen to it it was a great episode i know it was great wink 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 um but also you can find me at marky stardust on twitter uh that's the best way to get a hold of me am i missing something guys please like is this one of those ones where i just can't see the forest through the bernie mac cameo tree i don't know i hope you like ketchup there's like the whole burger scene i okay i'm sorry i'm I'm done. I fuck this episode. Like the more I think about it, the angrier I get. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Um, you stuck around after my star Wars boner last week. And you're, I hope to God you're sticking around after me and Johnny's like tandem Eiffel towering rage boner of this one. Um, five stars, all that good shit. Good pods. Good reads. I don't know. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Johnny, you talk now. Everybody have a great night. We will see you uh, next week. 